Where the sneaky cinnamon scroll you just have to have. Even though you already ate a big breakfast with extra hash browns and three coffees. You'll eat until you explode. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Oh, Alex Dyson. How are you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad today, my friend. My uh, my cut on my hand is healing uh, pretty well. I, I, there were two separate occasions where I sat down to play some Xbox and I'm like, well, I've got to turn this straight off. I can't play it all. My, uh, <laughs> my razor going into my thumb has ruined my strafing capabilities. Um, but well, it's healing now. I did get a game in and, um, yeah, uh, our team got eight kills and the other team got 50. So... Dyson chipping in with two out of that, and we got absolutely destroyed. So um, there we go. Well, speaking of people killing it, uh, these guys are on the show today. The perfect life does not exist. Miss me, it's nice to be alive. She only loves me when I'm One of the most impressive bands in Australia. They have released six albums, or the, the sixth one's about to come out. I mean, they've stuck together. That is a feat in itself. You and I know, Alex Dyson, yep. that to see... We've seen many bands come and go on those in those years, you know? Mm. You, especially seven years on Triple J, you would have seen many. But to stick together, to release incredibly, like, poetic, catchy, awesome tracks... Um, such great live performers. Yeah, Ballpark Music are getting me on the show, and we can't wait to chat to Sam and Dean from that band. We're also talking to someone else who's killing it right now. He's the chairman of the Port Adelaide Football Club. We finished top of the ladder, one through to the prelims. Okay, he's on He's on the Sunrise TV show and has, speaking of longevity, 18 years' worth for this gentleman. Mr. David Kosh is going to be on the show. Uh, Koshy joining us, and we want to pitch him, amongst other things, a very simple question. Is our producer Bron Wise... To invest all her money in a company she knows nothing about, but shares her name, BRN. <laughs> we might, we might try and go down the same track. Yeah, he started as a financial analyst. You've got plenty of podcasts about it. Where you can check out on the Podcast One Australia app. But yeah, will Koshi approve of our producer's investing portfolio strategy? You'll find out what he says in a moment. Let's get stuck into it. This is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Now, Matt, very excited to get our next guest on the line. We've been talking investing this week, and when we talk investing, we go with the best. Mr. David Kosh, he's got a, a TV show at the top of the ratings. He's got a footy club at the top of the ladder, so we want him to help us get our investments sky high. Mr. David Kosh, Koshy, hello. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, it's very good to have you, Koshy, because during the week we thought we'd lost you from our screens. What was going on with that Instagram post? <laughs> I, I'm just thanking everyone for having me for 18 years. I'd, uh, would, you, would you believe I was asked to fill in on Sunrise for three months um, and 18 years later uh, still doing it? So uh, it was sort of the 18th anniversary of doing it. So they haven't got rid of me yet. Okay, that's excellent to hear. That's great to hear, Koshi, because it's interesting, like people like Matt and myself growing up, watching on the television has been great. Any highlights from over the, over the distance that you can, uh, you can pick out? Oh, God, there are so many. Uh, doing Anzac Day from the Kokoda uh, track, Memorial, oh. first time anyone's ever done that live. Um, from Papua New Guinea, we had to chopper in a generator and a satellite <laughs> dish to get out of there. 
Uh, we're the first show ever to broadcast live from Antarctica, one of our research bases oh. there. Um, <laughs> well, uh, well, as a flat earther, Koshi, I don't believe that. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, I'm sure yeah, that no. I'm sure the studio out at our Tarman or whatever. I'm sure your your your, your studio <laughs> was good enough to fake it. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah. and then and then I walked on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. He has done it all, including uh, watching your Port Adelaide Football Club win their uh, qualifying yeah. final. Uh, this must be great for you. But was it tempered by the fact that you were forced to sit next to uh, Sam Mack, your your yes. weather host and good friend of all day um, breakfast? Uh, yes, it was. He had never been to Adelaide Oval to see a game of AFL, which I, I was stunned because. He, he, he talks up this affiliation with the Adelaide Crows so much, I thought he was sort of uh, part of their team, basically. And um, so he came along to us and all he did was uh, was take photos. not interested in the game whatsoever. Oh, oh he's, he's hungry for the likes on the gram, mate. <laughs> exactly right. His whole life is run by the gram and he must – he and Chris Brown – um, yeah. <laughs> I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon there's something going on there because they must spend hours on a weekend doing their Instagram posts together and their That's little it. songs and stuff he, like that. He hasn't tried to talk you into doing a Sam Macoustic session, has he, oh, where he, you sing no. covers together? Oh, God, no. <laughs> well, it's, what what it's, would you sing? What would Koshi... What would Koshi sing if you, Don't you had to do karaoke? What you know is true. <laughs> I love you. Uh, he does it every single uh, weekend with the Port Adelaide <laughs> crew. Go to have a tear us apart. I went to school with the NXS guys. So what, they seriously? Were our, they were our local band. I grew up on the um, sort of a, as a teenager. Dad got transferred from Adelaide to Sydney. We lived uh, at French's Forest and... Uh, how about this? At our local pub, uh, the two resident bands that would swap around, sort of the the antler at Narrabeen, was in excess of Midnight Oil. So Whoa. I grew up with those guys, and it was it was a great time. Oh, you were um, spoilt in the day there. That's incredible. We um, yep. Well, Koshi, thank you for chatting to us in a big week. We've been talking a bit of finance this week, not least of which because the budget came out. And I know you had your big yep. interview with Scott Morrison on Sunrise this week as well. How <laughs> did you How did you see, well, I guess his responses, but also the budget as a whole? Um, look, I, I thought the budget was pretty good because this recession, okay, we, we all remember the global financial crisis, 2008, 2009. This recession is 45 times bigger than the global financial crisis. That's how bad this recession is around the world. It's just frighteningly bad. And the way our government, and because our economy was pretty strong going into this, has handled it, just poured money to keep people in jobs and keep businesses open is exactly the right thing to do. And um, it was the same with the budget last night. Now, everyone's going uh, shrieking about the level of government debt. And yes, the number by itself is big, but compared with the size of our, our economy, it's easily manageable. And you know what? They're borrowing money at less than 1% interest. Now, I reckon if I could borrow money at less than 1% interest, I'd I'd be going in, into hock as well. <laughs> yeah, that's that, interesting, that is, yeah. That cheap money. I don't know if the bank had lent me $82 trillion or whatever, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, Koshi, we were talking about stocks and shares yesterday. Yeah, I love um, we, it. We, what, 
We want to get a bit of, uh, you know, a tip from the master. Because, because you've got a few podcasts relating to this. You're in the Podcast One Australia app or wherever you get your podcast. David Kosh yep. gives you the business. But there's yep. an interesting technique that's come to light on the All Day Breakfast Show that we'd like to run past mm-hmm. you. Okay. Yes. Now, Bron, our producer Bron decided to invest in uh, $500 worth of shares um, mm-hmm. based purely on the, what is it, the letter code that yep. they had? See, the it was BRN and her name is Bron. So she thought, oh, well, I'll invest. Um, <laughs> now, as far as investing goes, is this something no. that you would, is this a technique no. that you would encourage? No, no, I wouldn't. But she, <laughs> she was actually close to pulling something off really good because BRV is Breville, oh. The, um, oh. the kitchen appliance maker whose share price is up 50% since the start of the year. Oh, so oh, Bron, why weren't you called she, Brov? <laughs> That's so annoying. She almost snagged it um, in in getting a, a bloody good stock that uh, everyone loves at the moment. Well, it is people get lucky on the share market, not least of which wasn't the company Zoom um, when yes. that came in, the share... T- price went through the roof, but it was the wrong Zoom. People were exactly investing right. in the wrong Zoom and the actual video communications company stayed pretty reasonable and the other one shot up. Yeah, Zoom video went nowhere. Zoom technologies went through the roof and it was <laughs> something completely different. So, look, my advice is there is there is an investment streaming network uh, called Ausbiz, A-U-S-B-I-Z. It covers the share market from... 8 o'clock in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon. And at midday every day, there's a show called The Call and it analyses 10 stocks that are suggested by viewers, puts them to two share market experts whether they buy or hold or sell them. And I love it because I host it. So <laughs> that is... Well, we will get on that because we were thinking, you know, potentially, Koshi, that Matt and I could buy some stocks under the same guise and we could see whose name ruled the stock market. (laughs) So I was thinking of going ALX for Alex. Matt could be MAT or 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 you go MTT. Yeah, I'd go probably MTT. If you were doing your name, Koshi, what would it be? C-O-H, C-O-C, C-C-C-K-C-H? D-A-V, I'm trying to think of one. That is relates to a really good code. Of a, of oh, yeah, that's cheating, that you can, man. That you can make. <laughs> well, if you were doing uh, David and you went DVD, you'd be in Dover Motorsports, Dover, and they yeah, have exactly. absolutely plummeted <laughs> in, in the last six to seven plenty, months, Koshi. Plenty of great tech stocks around, but well, if you're in Zip and Afterpay, it would have made an absolute fortune Ooh. in the last last you two know, years. I, you, I was in, in a little startup called Pocketbook and was a seed investor there. They sold out to Zip, and I got cash and shares from a share from Zip, and I thought, oh, no, 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 this is this is too risky for me. So uh, I cashed in at $2, only to see Zip go to 11 Great. Oh, thanks, oh, thanks very much. And I, and I reckon you weren't you weren't doing any little $500 investing either, were you? That's, no, like it's a us. seed. From a seed will grow, Matt yeah, That's what we exactly. love. A lot of these businesses that you you look at and are familiar with every day are listed on the market, and, uh, and they're generally good stocks. All right. All right. Well, look, I've never invested, but I will. I think I might give it a go. Um, I'm going against your word, Koshi. I am not listening to the expert. I'm going MTT. That's <laughs> what I'll be doing. We'll see how we go. But, Koshi, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Best right, of guys. luck to Port Adelaide for the weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Good idea. Thanks, guys. 
coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Alex Dyson, we chatted earlier this week about Donald Trump's uh, very brief mani, really, outside the <laughs> hospital after he was diagnosed with COVID-19 and jumped in the car with the Secret Service and, uh, and you know, did the, did the little lap around to wave to everyone in his yeah. mask. He was contagious. Like, he tested positive. He's in the midst, he's in the grip of this disease, which, as we've seen, highly contagious around the world. He's in an airtight vehicle, uh, which did lead it to be a... Uh, a COVID-19 Dutch oven, as, as Matt <laughs> eloquently described it as, um, which <laughs> led us to, you know, talk about if you needed to crack a window for that, get some airflow through at least. you would. If you were, I mean, even the most professional security <laughs> guard would have wanted to just... And just stick the lips up to the crack in the window. <laughs> just breathe a bit of non-COVID-y air. But, uh, but alas, they could not. So, yep, Alex Dyson told a story about some off-milk in uh, a small school bus called The Dupe that had uh, caused a serious pong and a necessary opening of windows. Oh, uh, The we've Dupe got, flashbacks. And we've got Tash from Adelaide on the phone who's also had to crack a window. Now, Tash, you had a truly truly bizarre situation happening. Okay, so um, I was new, brand new to beekeeping and um, I headed down uh, about an hour away from home to pick up uh, three nucleus or nuke as they're called in the beekeeping world, which is uh, like a queen bee and her colony of bees. Oh, um, like the nucleus of a colony. Yep, yep. So, and um, and how, much, how much are we talking for a queen bee here? What are we, what sort of... You know, What's street price banners. for a queen yeah. bee? <laughs> I can't. I think I paid about one hundred and fifty for a nuke. So Ooh, yeah, it was just like okay. the queen and her and her bees. Um, and they come in a little transport box, um, mm. which is fully sealed. So I had three of those in I, the back of my little SUV vehicle. I am thinking about Donald Trump as the queen bee in the Secret Service as his, <laughs> as his little worker worker bees around him. Now, okay, so I'm picturing it well here, Tash. Um, what happened then? Um, so I'm driving I'm about 20 minutes into the journey and um, all of a sudden I noticed there was a bee flying around the car and it sort of landed in my hair. And uh, I just thought, okay, just one bee must have got out. It's all good. No drama. Keep driving. And um, then another one and <laughs> another one. And oh, 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 oh. Uh, after a couple of minutes I had um, bees flying up the pants of my legs and down my oh. shirt and flying all around the car. You just look like Candyman <laughs> driving along. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, it's like a movie. Attack. It, it was not fun, so I just stayed calm because bees feed off your energy. So, Wait, I just so you didn't pull over? You just kept... I, no, no, I, as soon as I could find a safe spot, I pulled over. Okay, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I was on a rural road, so I jumped out the car and ripped up all of my clothes and just down to my underwear I got all the bees out of my clothing and um, figured out uh, how they'd gotten out of one of the little boxes, um, but unfortunately had no way of sealing it back down. So I just threw a jacket over it and um, continued on for the next 40 minutes all the way home with all the windows open and bees just flying around the car and flying out the windows and still flying down my shirt. So, yes. I can't believe you literally had a bee in your bonnet. I find this very, very, this is bizarre. Oh, man. 
And it must be one of those stories you tell other beekeepers when you're gathering around you're talking about nukes and queens and that sort of thing. I remember when I was just yeah. starting beekeeping. Yes, and I, and I spoke to the guy who I uh, got the bees off and he's like, yeah, that happens sometimes. And I was like... <laughs> Well, thanks for the warning. That was, yeah. Thanks for the heads up. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I keep imagining, did you find them? Like, Because, you know, when you go to the beach and you find sand in your jocks like a day later or whatever, you, did you were you just finding bees later on? Oh, it, through my car, yes. Um, unfortunately, a few didn't make it. Oh, um, so, yes. R.I.P. Oh, yes. well, thank you so much, Tash. Incredible and, stuff. And Tash, no we'd love worries. to keep you as our beekeeping correspondent if we ever need, if bee stories come up in the news. We'd love to give you a call back. No worries. Excellent. All day breakfast. Well, Alex Eisen, the time has come to chat to some very good friends of ours. Uh, we've interviewed them a bunch over the years because they just keep bringing out damn good music. It'll be a shame when Ballpark Music come to us and go, we've got a new co- album coming out. We go, we know, we listened, we're, we're full up, I'm sorry, because it's still good. You know, no, it'll, that'll never, that'll never, ever, ever happen. Never Wait. put out a stinker? Oh, never. Honestly, <laughs> they're very inc- they're, they're amazing. And they're also just great to chat to. I've been looking forward to this interview all week because I... Thoroughly enjoy sitting down with the boys. They zoomed in with us. Dean was in his house. Sam was in his car. And we started off by uh, commenting on his haircut, which was uh, looking pretty fresh. Here it is. Our chat with Ballpark Music. I actually just got a haircut out in the burbs. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. I haven't had one of those for quite some time. Can I, I say, in to be fair, Matt is in Sydney. I couldn't tell. It still seems, you know, like you've, you've got longer hair than I've seen you before. Yeah, it's like just been washed and cut. You know, it's when you leave the barber, you don't know what the to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, say you've had your hair styled, not cut, you know what I mean? Like, oh, they took me wings off the back. I was, oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, you were flying. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Nice one. Are you one of those people who say no if the hairdresser goes, oh, is that good? And it's not. <laughs> would you say, oh, actually, could you do this or would do that? Because I just sit there and I just cop whatever they give me and I get out and uh, go somewhere else. What about you? Would you would you confront a barber? I got my haircut today by this girl that we've known for years and she's given haircuts to all of us in the band. We've just been going to see her, you know, since forever. Um, and she had a baby recently, so she's been out of the game for a bit. This is my first time seeing someone again that I can actually have a few words with and, like, semi-instruct on the old hair scenario. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, at the barber, they they may as well just, like, start whipping me. I just sit there and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> hey, um, Dean, what about you? You're um, and If you're unfamiliar with uh, ballpark music, Dean, you were one half of uh, Identical Twins, your brother Dan also in the band. Did you guys ever have fights over who could get a certain haircut? You know, did you have That's to crucial. split your haircuts? I definitely always let him go first and then... Have a look and then get in the seat and go, oh, just sort of like that, but maybe a little more off the top. You know, right? So he was like, you were like the emperor and he was like your poison taster for the food. <laughs> Where he'd, oh, he'd go into that. 
Literally with every aspect of our life, <laughs> yeah, the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. The sense of normality coming back back to things there. How, how have it, I mean, a five-piece band, that would be difficult times, uh, trying to stay connected during all this time. Sam, how have you been able to, uh, you know, wrangle your bandmates together to uh, to make sure that you your new ballpark music albums come together? Oh, it's the golden era of ballpark music up in Brisbane. Jen, who actually lives in Sydney nowadays, came up just to visit. She was going to stay for like a week and then the day after she arrived, they made Sydney a hotspot and I think she's been here for like three or four months now. Um, yeah, and we've just been loving it. Like uh, it's, it's honestly like the old days, like how much we're getting to hang out and just rehearse in like a really low-pressure kind of, yeah, situation. It's, it's, been, it's been amazing. Obviously in Queensland... Um, Things have been pretty good and, yeah, I just have really loved getting to spend so much time together and uh, it's been challenging, of course. Like, i got to give it to our management team and stuff. Like, far out, they've put a lot of plans together with us that have all just <laughs> fallen in a heap over and over again. Um, but, you know, we're a really successful apparel company now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got some pretty sick merch. I have noticed that. Some sweet hats, some sweet shirts. But, uh, Dean, I want to ask you, you know, you guys have released uh, a couple of songs for me personally that will have been some of my favourite music uh, across this pandemic. Um, you know, I think we were, we were heading straight into quarantine at our house after coming home from a trip when uh, Spark Up was released. But then Day and Age came out. And it was one of my partner and I's favourite song. And now with this recent one, Cherub, which sounds like this. I mean, this is a, I would, I want to say a stunning return to form, but you never fell out of form, but this is, a, it's really, really awesome stuff. And it just feels like you guys are in your element at the moment. What is, what is different about this particular year, this particular album? Yeah. First of all, thanks. I appreciate it. It's a good rap from you. I didn't do anything, man. You guys <laughs> made it. I'll do opinion in high regard. <laughs> in all honesty, it was, uh, you know, our kind of uh, attitude going into the album was just to lean into every song kind of as an individual track and not worry about the record coming out sounding eclectic or all over the place. It's kind of almost like a ballpark mixtape kind of thing, <laughs> um, which is why you see like in all three of those singles so far, like they span some pretty kind of wide areas of music, I'd say. And the exciting part is that, I don't think any of the singles really give a, an indication of like what the rest of the record sounds like either. So I'm pumped for it to come out and hopefully surprise a few people. Have you guys heard I, it? Yeah, yet? we've had a listen. It's It does go to heaps of different areas. You can hear different influences coming in. Like even at one point I was getting, Sam, did you put a bit of uh, Julian Casablancas from the Strokes vocode? I was getting a little bit of New Yorky rock at some points in the album there. Yeah, I feel like I know what you'd be talking about. There's like... 
one song where I just went full strokes vocal sound. I actually have this old microphone that was from my grandfather's minivan so he could, like, <laughs> yell at people in the back. No. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's a whole different story really? going on yeah. there. What, what, like, the kids mucking up, you put a speaker at the back to tell them to be quiet or something? I think he bought it and it had, this, it had the microphone already connected. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it belonged to, like... I don't know, someone militant <laughs> that has to talk to the passengers in the back through a microphone. Anyway, I use that mic. It gets you the Julian Casablanca sound like straight off the bat. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it, is, it is great stuff. And now you guys are looking to, well, I mean, you're not looking to, you are doing it. You're putting on shows at the moment, which are have just exploded out of out of control in terms of sales. So you, you sold out nine shows at the Trifford. Um, obviously, there's is there limited capacity just for now? Yeah, it's it's probably oh, it'd be about thirty percent, I think, maybe even right. less. But still, you sold nine out, so divide that by yeah. three. You still got three <laughs> sold out shows, and then you put on more shows. We've we've actually done thirteen sold out now, actually. That, so oh, and counting better. Yeah, yeah exactly. And they they uh, wanted us to push it into a second week too, but we thought. 13 shows in seven days. By, if, we did a, if we did a second week, we'd be sitting down on stools and, like, it'd be, <laughs> be a lackluster performance, I reckon. That's great. And the, the first one of which on the October the 23rd is going to be uh, the live stream launch show as well so people will be able to watch it. You didn't think about uh, putting that towards the end of it so you're in form or where do, you thought first one, we'll nail it straight away? We Mate, did. we're always in form. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's it. It's true. It's true. We had those discussions. There was a lot of, uh, you know, arming and ahhing and come on, guys, are you sure? But as always, confidently, absolutely, we're sure. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Is it a little bit daunting thinking about a venue that's thirty percent? Um, you know, do you do you strip it back in terms of the energy? What do you, what's your vibe? Dean and I went to the Trifford to see a friends band play in this kind of, uh, you know, COVID safe setup. We had a great night. We were just like, this is sick. We got a sick view of the band no one tall is going to come stand in front of us like they're, they're bringing jugs of beer like over to our table like sam we're, da- we're dads now i i love 30 percent capacity that is oh, my yeah. dream i yeah. can sit can, down like, i am loving it you can sit down and order a beer it's just like being at home <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent so, um, so um dean what are you what are you thinking in terms of uh the guitar you know you front the axe on the in the show in the in the mm. band, and so what are you going to be bringing? I mean, one is well, it going to be one, a sit down MTV unplugged kind of style? You got yeah. that stool just to make the audience feel connected in that way. Dean, what were some of our themes from yesterday? We were thinking of like theming each day. We had like, oh, it was we tried to go for alliteration, so we went like effed up Friday, but of course, like, <laughs> yeah, fair and enough. Then, and then we went like Mad Dog Mondays. <laughs> was there like a sensitive Saturdays or something. Like maybe that day we're playing like, you know, keep yeah. nice and sensitive. Put Get the cardigans ukulele, on. Ukulele up there, you know, just, just sort of strum it lightly. Okay. You're looking at all the live shows doing, you know, joking about doing different stuff, but what about when you were recording? Were you, you know, Sam had his old mic. Did you, um, what were you sort of experimenting with in terms of sound? I have like, my dad bought me this banjo like ages ago, right? And it's just like a guitar that, looks like a banjo like it's just got the guitar strings so it's not even a fancy banjo <laughs> and 
I've been trying to get that thing on a record for like <laughs> close to a decade, I reckon. <laughs> I feel like you've applied minimal pressure on me to get this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting to. This is a confessional that. Sorry, Dad, but I don't know if I'm ever going to get it on a record. Like I've thought about it. It's hard. It's a very particular sounding thing, you know. I think the only way we'll ever get it to work is if we run it for some crazy other sound that makes it a bit more interesting. I think the best way to go about it is you've got to do a whole record of just that guitar. It's it's got to have its own world to live in. It can't start trying to visit these other worlds. You've got to give it its own island well, and write 12, also, 10 to 12 songs just with that guitar. Dean, have you tried playing it with a long piece of wheatgrass sticking out of your <laughs> mouth? You know? Yeah, that's, that could be it. That's the key. <laughs> that's that <laughs> that the only way excellent. to play banjo. Um, and what about lyrically with the, the m- most recent album, Sam? Because you've covered so much territory over the past and you're getting up to, what are we at? Six. Six now. The self-titled sixth album of Ballpark Music. But there's still like, like let's, let's, with a few of the song titles, it's Head Like a Sieve, Nothing Ever Goes My Way. It doesn't seem like you're, you're even six albums in, totally sure and confident in yourself there with a, a few. You've always been very well good at self-depreciating. How have you... What about the songs on uh, on this album, and where where are you where you're at with with your lyrics in this one? With my life, <laughs> <laughs> I'm less confident than I've ever been. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you put that down to? Yeah, why? Oh, just getting older and looking worse and feeling more <laughs> irrelevant all the time. It's just life just beats you down, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So is that is writing songs about that is that cathartic or is it a confessional? Is it what what would you describe it as? If you feel it, then why feel ashamed or try and dodge the feeling? You know, um, I yeah, I guess that's almost the main rule of the band. It's just to like run with whatever feeling you, you've you've got um, mm. in the songs. Dean, Tom, tell us about Cherub because it is the current single. It is one of uh, my favorite tracks of the year. Where did this start? Did it start with Sam and then he brought it to the band? Was it a riff? What happened? Yeah, the first time I heard Sam play it was we were in camp um, working on a musical up there like a, called Laser Beakman, which is like a puppet show, which is awesome that Sam <laughs> wrote the music for and we were the band. And we had a week in Cairns there doing a season there and we'd just have a jam in our hotel room in our off time and Sam sort of started playing the song and playing the riff and, over the years, there's kind of been a handful of songs that as soon as I've heard him play it, I'm like, hey, is that yours? You know, like I'm sort of <laughs> fingers crossed, I'm hoping. <laughs> and then he says, yeah, it's just an idea I've had floating around and then I'll just obsess over it for months on end and I honestly will not let him get away until it's finished. <laughs> it. it must be frustrating at times, Dean, to have, and sorry, Sam, we are going to talk about you right in front of your face, but... <laughs> I mean, when you come up with a song like Cherub, to even need to prod, people work hard to come up with any decent song, to let alone just come up with one and then be willing to just let it go. Is it frustrating, Dean, to have to be like, hey, dude, this is great? It's frustrating, yeah, but it also works in my favour eventually, you know. I just got to know how to massage it out of him. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think that song, it used to have a weird, like, obscure chord in the chorus and, like, it changed. And I remember Mass, I'd just gone, 
yeah, I reckon it's really good, man. Just lose that weird cord and just make it a little nicer and then we're in the sweet spot, you know, and then. <laughs> Was that reluctant, Sam? Do you not like it when Dean does that sort of stuff or do you uh, do you kind of accept that that criticism graciously? Oh, no, it's fine. I I, I, I really think this is like the, the key to how our band is a collaboration because I like feeling like I can just write and, you know, just follow my nose wherever it goes. Some songs get finished quickly, others kick around forever and some of them, you know, just always get left on the shelf. But, yeah, to me it's collaborative in the sense that I like to share everything even in its early stages with the whole band um, because they're the ones who sort of like are such good friends and such good listeners who come back to you like saying, hey, this one's worth finishing off because I'm I'm just horrible at having perspective on on what I write um I had done a demo of that song which is essentially the first chunk of the recording that's still there today and showed the band like oh hey I did this um and they were like this is great and uh Daniel was the one who's like hey let's tack a massive over the top outro on the end of it and you know then it'll be sick and so we did that and just stitched it probably, together and probably because there was no drums on it already <laughs> <laughs> they had something to do at the end of the song yeah. something to get played for oh that's incredible shows the collaboration and it's one of many songs on uh, Ballpark Music's self-titled six album it is called Ballpark Music's excellent check it out as well as the incredible merch that you've been uh, running which we did reference earlier on uh, gentlemen Thank you so much for checking in with us. Good luck with the 13 shows in seven days at the Trifford. An incredible effort. Sam and Dean, we'll catch you guys soon. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, guys. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. Thank you very much for listening to the show today. Thank you so much to David Kosh. Thank you so much to Ballpark Music, uh, the consummate legends once again joining us. Oh, love those guys, man. I can't. Just the absolute best. I can't stop fawning over them. Just huge fan <laughs> of everything that they do, everything that they say. Um, whenever they want to come back, uh, our door is open. Uh, with big interviews continue tomorrow. Not only do we have Darcy Moore from the Collingwood Football Club, we have this lady. <laughs> That's right, G Flip is going to be joining us. She's got a brand new song. She is also of legend status and we cannot wait to have a chat to G Flip as she joins us here on All Day Breakfast. It's pretty big music interviews this week for us, Matt O'Kine. Uh, we didn't get the biggest music exclusive of 2020 though. Uh, that honour went to Ms Kelly Clarkson who hosts a talk show and this week got to debut the debut from Mr Vin Diesel. Uh, Vin Diesel, who you may know from such films as Pitch Black <laughs> from back in the yeah, day. Yeah, Triple X. Yeah, mean, that's right, that's right. There's a few He others. also did, didn't he do like a, uh, you know, one of those like ones with Channing Tatum, like, uh, you know, school bus sort of ones as well. Yeah, he's been, he's been in plenty, uh, and but now he's gone into music. So we're going to do what Kelly Clarkson did on her show, uh, albeit without the exclusive tag, and that is leave you with it. This played over the credits of the Kelly Clarkson um, talk show. And it had her virtual audience dancing virtually. I think they were instructed to all dance along to this song, which is coming out on Kygo's label with a little bit of help from Kygo, but it is listed as a Vin Diesel song. Okay, he's going into music and this is his song and neither Matt nor I have heard it. And so we're going to be hearing this along with you uh, to leave you here on a Thursday show. Have a good one. We'll catch you for a Friday tomorrow. Tomorrow.
I am blessed that on a year that I would normally be on a movie set, I've had another creative outlet, another way to show you or share with you my heart. I am now going to debut the first song, Feels Like I Do. Croatia Sail Week, baby, Vin Diesel. Am I on a beach right now? This is incredible. That is a Euro Club smash hit. The clubs in Ibiza, if they were full, I can guarantee Vin Diesel would be all up in them. Thank you, Vin. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. We'll catch you tomorrow. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.